Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. We're looking at a series of messages having to do with what it means to have Christ in you and to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Not a believer, but a follower. Not one that just comes to the point that they say, well, I believe in God. I prayed a prayer. I know that I have had my sins forgiven, but it's not affecting my life that much. And we're trying to tie all of this together in the belief that it is the sincere desire of every true believer to be a follower of Jesus. And when you bought into the gospel message that by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves, that it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any of us can boast. And when you invited Jesus in, you said, I am tired of doing my own thing. I am tired of listening to others who have led me wrong. I am seeking one that I can trust, and I found him. And his name is Jesus. And I want him to come live in me. The first Sunday, we talked about that. Last Sunday, we talked about the very simple word. And I'm going to read it to you again in just a moment. Jesus said, I'm going to keep this as simple as I can keep it. Now that I live in you, your responsibility is to follow me. That will get you out from the stress of making decisions. That will get you off of a schedule that you can't keep because you're so busy and trying to keep so many plates spinning if you just follow him. Now, when that happens, the thing I want to talk to you about today is life as it was intended to be when you were born. The fact is that a lot of people have gotten off the road. And they've left the road, the good road, and they have encountered some horrendous hazards. And those hazards have done a pretty good job of destroying some of the things most dear to those who've gotten off the road. Their family, their faith, their finances, their health, and we could go on and on with the list. I am so grateful that Jesus made it very clear to us that first of all, that we're his children. Children can keep it simple. When you have that childlike faith, when you learn that one scripture, children, obey your parents. If you're blessed with parents that are following the Lord, what a blessing it is to have that scripture and say, I'm just going to honor my father and mother. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, be a blessing to them as well as to others. And you come to that moment where you understand that I have given my marriage, I have given my business, I've given my body, I've given everything I have to the Lord. I've returned it to him, if you please, in order that it will be used for the purpose that he intended it. So I want you to listen as we last week read from Matthew 4, verse 18. 
I want you to let me finish the last uh, three verses of Matthew 4, and then let me remind you of something. Jesus, in Matthew 4, as we see his calling out the four fishermen that we talked about last week, Peter and Andrew, James and John, he gets his team together, and the fifth chapter of Matthew is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. In other words, Jesus sets it all up and then he preaches. He doesn't preach and then set it up. He said, I've got my team. I've called out my disciples. I am ready to launch out into God's plan for the future. And then he brings those incredible words in the Sermon on the Mount. Some of you are here today because you came to Hope is Born at Christmas time. One of the most moving scenes in that was when Jesus was, uh, was quoting the Sermon on the Mount. Not all of it, but much of it. And you were listening attentively because as you would hear every sentence, it would build and build and build and build and build. And you began to identify with it because anybody can identify with God if you hear what he's saying. And you hear what he's requesting. And so today, I want you to let me take you just three verses further in Matthew 4. Would you stand out of respect to the reading of the Word and welcome to those of you that watch us on the Internet, those that join us by television, and to the many that listen on the radio. Listen carefully to Matthew chapter 4. Let me go back and read for those that were not here or did not watch or listen last week. From the fourth chapter of Matthew, the first gospel in the New Testament, the 18th verse. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He said unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They straightway left their nets, and they followed him. And going on from thence, he saw two more brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in a ship, with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. They immediately left the ship, they left their father, and they followed him. Now, verse 23. The fame of Jesus is beginning to spread. Listen to verse 23. And Jesus went about all of Galilee. He was teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness, and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. They brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, those that were demon-possessed, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And they followed him. Listen to this. Great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. May God bless the reading of his word. Would you be seated? I can say to you with all the honesty in my being that starting on the road to be a follower of Jesus is easy. It is easy that even a child can understand it. 
It is so easy that all you have to do is just be honest with yourself and acknowledge the fact that you are a sinner and you do not try to compare your virtues to everybody else's, but you understand you're a sinner. Number two, you understand you cannot do anything about it. Some of you have lived long enough to try that for many years. It has had only temporary success and it fails. But you simply confess that sin. You acknowledge it. And then you hear the truth. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you trust Jesus Christ's words that he will pick you up if you will come unto him. He says, come unto me all ye that are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. You came. He did what he said he would do. He adopted you into his family. You said, I will come, and as I come, I'm going to turn from my old life, and I am going to follow you. The first step was baptism in obedience to his commands. But then you're back out there in that nasty now and now. You've been thinking about the sweet by and by, but now you're living in the nasty now and now. And all of a sudden you look up one day and you notice everybody's not following me. Everybody's not doing what I'm doing. Matter of fact, the most popular seem to be those who have written off Jesus in their life. And the pressure begins to build up. Because Jesus has said, narrow is the way, and few there are that find it. And you just sort of overlooked that, and then you forgot, he said, and broad is the way that leads to eternal damnation, and many go therein. And somewhere, somehow, for some reason, you fell off the road. You took a detour. Again, you did like those people that will very quickly panic in the traffic, as we talked about last week. You said there's got to be another way. I went to B. Dyes, Texas yesterday for the homegoing service of Wayne Coleman, a dear, dear brother in Christ that taught the Financial Freedom Seminar in so many different places, and we laid his body to rest, and there'll be a memorial service here tomorrow at 2 o'clock over in the in our first building when Wayne and L'Oreal were here. I asked three people how to get to Beat Eyes, Texas. All three of them sent me down a different road. <laughs> I finally had enough sense to say I'm not going to go the way any of them said. I'm going to pull over and get a map. Now that's a man talking. <laughs> Understand? Our normal, our normal reaction is to drive faster. No matter where we're going. But it's easy. It's easy to get off the road. Because everybody's telling you a new route. Well, have you found the new route to go here? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. That's, that's life. Jesus says, narrow is the road. I am the leader. I live in you. You follow me. And the way you follow me is wherever I lead you go. We're going together. But because of our egos and the pressures around us we take another route let me tell you something about following Jesus it makes life so simple 
I mean, I don't understand why so many people are having nervous breakdowns and all this kind of stuff. And man, I'm just depressed. I'm under so much pressure. What kind of pressure are you under? Well, you know, and here's this, here's this, here's this. I'm not making fun of you, but listen to me. Jesus says, when you can't handle it, I'll pick you up. He says, why are you worried about things you can't do anything about? It's called mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. <laughs> and why can't we? Why can't we as adults, educated and uneducated, simply trust him? But it seems like we all suffer from time to time of, well, I trust him, but. But what? Well, you don't understand. I don't have to understand. Yeah, but you see, no, I don't see. And you don't see it either. You've just found out that if I worry, it seems to just help me. Well, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help you. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. But not only does it simplify life, but it makes life like you never believed it could be. All of this stuff that you're out there looking for, if you could just understand, it's all in him. And, and us is all of the fullness of the things of God. You follow the Lord, he'll take you places you never thought you'd go. You'll experience things you never thought you'd experience. You will have an opportunity to put your hands on things that you thought was for other people and to enjoy some things that you thought you would never, ever enjoy because the one thing that happened to you that moment when you trusted Jesus as your Savior, you were adopted into the family of God and the Holy Spirit was assigned to you so that wherever you encountered the enemy, there would be a way of escape. Oh, the scripture comes back and says it. There's nothing that happens to you that's not common to man. There's nothing that happens to me that's not common to man. But the Bible says with that comes a way of escape. What's the way of escape? You say, I'm looking for it. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Don't forget all of last week's sermon. He is there. You can touch him and you'll never be the same. You don't have to call the preacher. You don't have to call the church. That is the backup, but it's not the main thing. Jesus is the main thing. And the church will surround you so that you can see flesh on the love of God. But it's God's love that you're looking for. The fact that Jesus came to this earth as the Son of God. And he could have taken, think about this, who was he? Son of God. He could have taken on the identity of anything he wanted. He could have been the greatest king. All power was given to him in heaven and in earth. And you know what the Bible says? He took upon himself the form of a servant. He chose that. He chose that. Could I just throw something in right here? Right at the base of most problems that most of us face is we've forgotten that we're to be servants, not be served. Anytime things don't go the way we think they ought to go in order to get the blessing that I want to get in my life, when they don't go that way, the wheels come off. 
Jesus did not come here to be served. He came to serve. He came to be a ransom for many. He came to die on the cross for us. And he sends us out and he said, I'm sending you, my little sheep. I am sending you to follow me, the shepherd. And I want you to go where I go. And when the coyotes and the wolves come, I will be there to protect you. I will lead you by the paths of righteousness. I'll lead you by the still waters. I'll restore your soul. I'll prepare the table before you in the presence of your enemies. I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death, but you must follow me. And we decide, no, not yet. Maybe at a more convenient time. Jesus came to take care of others. How many people are better off because you're here today because you take care of others? Are you a good neighbor, a good friend? Are you a good family member? Are you faithful in church? Are you faithful in the community? I mean, the list can go on and on. Is it about others or is it about you? Do you always cringe when something good happens to others and it didn't happen to you? Or can you rejoice when things happen to others, even if they don't happen to you? We think we're in control of our lives. But you know what? The opposite is true. We've lost control of our lives. We don't control our lives. No, no, you do not control your life. You sit there and say, preacher, you don't know me. I am my own person. No, you're not. You're more gullible than anybody else because you don't have the main shield of faith that comes from the Word of God. You're vulnerable as you can be. From the creation of the first person, God had a plan. Made a man, then he made a, a woman. There was immediate rebellion that continues to this day. Man is so blessed. He believes he's his own God in many cases. That I don't answer to anyone. No one has authority over me. I'll do what I want to do, when I want it to do it, where I want to do it, with who I want to do it. Because I have the, the personality or looks or whatever. But see, if you'll be honest with me, we now have come to the time the Bible says, honor your father and mother, children, obey your parents. There's never been a generation where kids want to get rid of their parents quicker than this generation. Never, 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 never. There's never been a time when people have rebelled against the true teachings of Jesus like right now. We don't want what Jesus said. We want to bend them a little bit to our generation. We want to do it in moderation. We're not willing to say right's right and wrong's wrong. Everything is relevant. Situational ethics has come to birth in my lifetime, that very idea. What do you do? Well, it depends on the situation. No, it doesn't depend on the situation. It depends on who's Lord. Let him judge the situation because all you know is the right now. Some of us can't remember what happened yesterday and none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. But we wander around and we try to 
make-believe and we look in the mirror and we get everything right and we just want to make sure that every hair is in place and all because I'm fixing to go out and I'm going to knock them dead. Jesus said, why don't you just follow me? God created us to follow. That's why he calls us sheep. That's all sheep do is follow. If they don't follow the shepherd, they follow each other. And when they follow each other, if they got one dumb one in the bunch that jumps off the cliff, the whole bunch jumps off. And that's exactly what it is today. Waiting for the next movie to come down the pike. And if it's the best seller, get me a ticket. I don't know what it's about. I don't care what the rating is. I just want to be in the bunch. And that's true of everything in life. Make me one of the bunch. And Jesus says, come out from among them and be separate as he was and as he is, so we're to be in this world. I'm quoting to you the scripture if you're not familiar with that. You know when life turns sour for human beings? When they decided to do their own thing. And you don't have to get out of the book of Genesis to find that out. In fact, you don't have to get very many verses into the chapter. When that happened, things have never been the same to this day. Because Adam and Eve sinned, sin came into the world, and it's been passed to every single generation, including ours. As they sought independence, they lost independence. Look at the laws it takes to control us today. Those of you that are here, do you know, you've heard about the 10, what's the next, next word? The 10, let's go one more time. The 10 commandments. Got it? Pretty tough question. Are you ready? There's over 35 million laws on the books today. Independent, self-thinking people have added to the original 10. And most people don't even know what the original 10 were. And they sure don't keep them. That's the truth. The fact is, the more we do life our way, the more we lose our independence. The IRS, the police, prisons, immigration, looking for a better life, laws, laws, rules, regulations, executive orders, name it. We're a people out of control. Jesus says, follow me. I will make you what you were created to be. I will pull you out of the status quo. You will not worry about what's happening to the other folks. And did I get my fair share? You're going to get all of me. If you'll follow me, that's what Jesus says. Man looks for the true meaning of life. They get the money, the fame, the fortune to do it. And life falls apart. The Michael Jacksons. The Justin Biebers, and Molly Cyrus, Oscar winning 46-year-old actor this past week. Last six purchases were $1,200 
for heroin. Died with it in his arm. And they're showing pictures of him holding the Oscar. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. If you listen to the news on February the 6th, this week, 2014, quote, it is easier to buy heroin in Philadelphia than it is to buy a bottle of beer. That's the news this week. So I didn't hear that. That's the kind of thing you better listen to. It is easier to buy heroin on the street. Philadelphia, you know anything about Philadelphia as it relates to American history? Do you know about that city and all? Now heroin is easier to get. What is heroin? It takes you to a bigger high than beer does. It takes you clear out of this world. How does that stuff get started? Because somebody is so blinded by the things of this world, instead of following Jesus, they dump Jesus, and they go into the things of the world, and they follow the world, and they come pick up their body with a needle hanging out of it, and the Oscar's sitting over on the table, and you wonder, what in the world has gone wrong? Perhaps the greatest self-deceit that we have is to tell ourselves we're self-sufficient. I like that song, I Need Thee Every Hour. Was one of y'all write one, I Need One, about every 10 seconds? <laughs> I think it'd be a big seller. I think it, right now, you know, back then it was an hour. We need him quicker than that now. Matter of fact, we need him every moment. Amen. Every moment. Each breath that I take is from the Lord. But life can become motion without meaning. It can just come off the wheels when high achievers admit that they're searching and for meaning and fulfillment in life, nobody seems to pay attention to them. Some of them have lived long enough and they have, have made statements, but the world just did not notice them. The truth is that we have been made and created in the image of God in order that we can do the things of God in the power of God. And with the leadership of God. But we still don't seem to be able to handle it. Man was created to contact someone that loves them and cares for them. And can pick them up when they've fallen down. His name is Jesus. We need you every hour. Douglas Couplin was the best-selling author at the end of the century. He wrote a book called Life After God. On page 359 in that book, I want to quote what he said. Now here is my secret. I tell it to you with an openness of heart that I doubt I shall ever achieve again. So I pray that you're in a quiet room as you hear these words. My secret is, that I need God, that I am sick and can no longer make it alone. I need God to help me give because I no longer seem to be capable of giving, to help me be kind as I'm no more capable of kindness, to help me love as I seem to be, I seem beyond being able to love. What a tragic thought. 
I don't want to live that old. Do you? Do you want to come to that place? Go back to the Old Testament, King Saul. I guarantee he got most popular in his high school class. Head and shoulders taller than everybody. Became the richest man in the world, most powerful man in the world. Biggest army in the world. Decided one day he'd turn away from God. And they would quit following God. He quit praying before he went on the battlefield. And he fell from a young, small army. And when he saw that he was going to die, he turned to his armor bearer. And he said, take my sword and thrust it through me. I have sinned. I have played the fool. I have erred exceedingly. His armor bearer ran. And the Bible tells us in Joshua 24, he put his sword down into the dirt, pointed it up towards his chest, and fell on his sword and took his life. Richest, most powerful, most influential man of his generation takes his life. We see it all the time today. Name was Saul. There's another guy named was Saul. But you know, when he met Jesus, he even changed his name. Can you imagine what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart? Paul changed his name. Saul changed his name to Paul. He died with nobody. He said, my friends have forsaken me, having loved this present world. But if you go over to 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day. And not to me only, but to all of those that love his appearing. To all of those that love his appearing. He had nothing. He said, bring me my coat, I'm cold. Bring me the parchments he wanted to write. And of course, you know he wrote most of the New Testament. What kind of epitaph you want? I have sinned. I played the fool. I varied exceedingly. But when you have my service, just tell them about all the battles I won. Tell them about all the money I had. Tell them about how good looking I was and how I was just a ladies' man. Unbelievable. Just tell them all that. Or would you rather be like Paul and say, I fought a good fight, finished the course, and kept the faith? What's the difference? One man followed Jesus. One man started off and left him, left God out of his life. The brilliant criminal lawyer Clarence Darrow. You forget the name, but you probably remember the monkey trial if you're uh, remember your high school history. He was an atheist. He spent his whole life ridiculing the scripture. When it came to the end of his life, to his closest friends made his way over to the house. Asked him a question. Clarence, how would you sum up your life? Brilliant mind. High profile. How would you sum up your life? Nobody here but the three of us. He went over and he picked up a Bible that he had on the coffee table. An atheist. He picked up the Bible. He brought it over and he opened it to Luke 5, 5. He changed the first word, which is we in Luke 5, 5, to the word I. Here's the words. He says, this verse in the Bible describes my life. I have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. You understand what he said? I've come to the end. I look back. I was famous in the world, but I've achieved nothing. 
If independence was all it's cracked up to be, you'd think that our lead-your-own-life culture would be overwhelmed with joy, wouldn't you? My, with everybody doing whatever they want to do, you'd think we ought to be happy, 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 and put one more on it and say we're happy, 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 happy. We're happier than the, the nut guys. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, folks, we're not happy. And we're not full of joy in this generation. Why? Because we have quit following Jesus. There are some happy ones. You bet there are. Have you read the testimonies of the two quarterbacks last week? Seahawks, Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning. Have you read their testimonies? You need to read that part of the story. Both of them are born-again Christians, love the Lord with all their heart, mind, and soul. Peyton Manning and his daddy wrote a book called Manning. I'm going to get some for the library, I mean for the bookstore, to be available to you, where Peyton Manning says, at age 13, I was sitting in church. I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And from that day to this day, my faith is first, my family is second. I forget what he said third was, but the fourth thing was football. And the quarterback on the other side, Russell, has gone everywhere this week giving his testimony for Jesus Christ and thanking God that I knew you from the time I was a child. Isn't it interesting that a man that sets the records that stood for 96 years is not ashamed of the gospel of Christ and the man on the other side that's a young man, 25, 26 years old. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Peyton Manning said when I prayed to Cowboys and Troy Aikens on the other side said he's a Christian, said he is praying that they'd win. I was he said, and I was praying for us to win. I got to thinking God could care less who wins this football game. <laughs> they just want to know who's going to stand up for him. End of discussion. Could care less. But isn't it good? Isn't it good? Yeah. The two best were guys that walk with God. Yeah. There's something behind that, folks. There's something behind that. And may God be glorified and may young people pay Attention. We become bored, angry, doubting, non-trusting, frustrated, never satisfied, irrational. You can just go on and on with the list. Anything goes is our culture, and we sure have let it get away from us because suicide rates have jumped 300% in recent years. Some way, we missed it. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody come to the Father except by me. We say we're followers of Jesus. But we may be followers of Frank Sinatra. And our favorite song is, I did it my way. We may have come to that point in our life, we become so deceptive in fooling others, we fooled ourselves. And there's that still small voice and says, be still and know I'm still God. And I still love you. I made a promise to you. I'd love you unconditionally. But you're going to follow me. Or your life isn't going to be any better than anybody else's. Except for the fact that you know, well, one day I know I'm going to go to heaven. But folks, there could be some heaven on the way to heaven. If you'll let go and let God have his way in your life. Why isn't it working? real simple we're doing it the way we want to do it 
No one yet, I'll close with this, no one yet has authentically followed Jesus. No one. Without compromise. They followed him without, if, if they have followed him without compromise, they have not become disillusioned, nor have they found God's ways to be disappointing. No. No. Not only did the followers of Jesus live for him, but when it became necessary, they died for him. Look how the disciples died, and you'll see what I'm talking about. If any man be my disciple, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, this sermon today has probably been one that several of you have said, well, i tell you one thing, if I can just get out of here, I'll never be back again. Because I thought they were just giving free passes to heaven. And I thought that if I just give my heart to Jesus and get saved, 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 it'd just be joy unspeakable. Well, I hope I don't become your enemy by telling you the truth, but I want you to know following Jesus is awesome. When he's all the world to you, whenever you go through what Lori and Bill are going through today and what many of you have been through this week, when you go through financial bankruptcy, when you go through people turning on you, when you know, you know, God, this morning I told you to take this day and use it for your glory, so glory be to you. I have no idea what's going on. But I do know this. You know what's going on. And I'll understand it better by and by. The longer you serve him, the sweeter he grows, and the younger you can come to know him, the better it's going to be. The better it's going to be. When you say, help me, help me, help me, God, God says, okay, follow me. And every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. All things work together for good to those that are followers of Jesus. He supplies our needs. He cares us when we can't walk any longer. Do you know him? Are you still hung up on religion? Can you not get your eyes off of people you know that claim they're Christians and are just like you and get your eyes upon Jesus? Because if you will turn your eyes upon him, you'll see what I'm talking about today. You'll find no fault in him. The man that sent him to the cross said, I find no fault in him. The man that crucified him said, truly, this man is a son of God. He does not die like everybody else that I've executed. That's who we're following. Would you follow him today? We're going to close the service with just a brief song, just one verse. I'm asking none of you to get up and leave except those of you that are going to our prayer room, our connection center, to pray with those that will come and join you in just a moment. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to stand. Now, here's what I want you to do when we stand. If you want to give your heart to Christ, or if you want to take home with you some things that will help you better understand what I'm talking about today in these brief 30 minutes, if you want to join this church, if you want to be baptized, you know you're a believer, but you haven't even followed the Lord into the baptistry yet, I want you, when we, when we stand, to just quickly get out in the aisle and go to the Connection Center lobby, which is the lobby. I'm pointing at it. If you go out this door over here, just step out the door, look to the left. You'll see two more doors. Go in there through those glass doors. If you go out this door, go to the right. Now, I'm praying that no one will get in your way. Satan is going to try to put everybody in your way to try to 
keep you from coming down these aisles and going back there. I pray it will not happen. If you'll go there and you're seeking Jesus, you can go home a different person. And you can follow him. Would you do it? Let's stand together. Let's stand. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.